0: hello everyone and welcome back to the wake up with glow podcast if it is morning when you are listening to this i wish you the most peaceful and intentional start to your day i hope that you are listening to this with a clear heart and an open mind and i hope that you find today's topic to serve you and your life in hopefully a major way or even in a minor way, because we all know that the minor things, the minor adjustments, the minor emotions and feelings are the things that add up to the big changes and transformations in our lives. So today I want to speak on the topic of suffering and how we can all, in a way, control And minimize and dare I say even abolish our suffering suffering is something that you certainly are not the first to be faced with nor are you the last it is something that burdens so many individuals in such unique ways I like to believe that no two people suffer equally and I believe that to be true because we're just too completely distinct from each other. Our experiences are so broad. They span so many unique interactions, circumstances, environments, that would, it would be so difficult to reproduce a suffering like that which anyone is experiencing. And I think it's important to say that because as we live in this world that is so heavy with judgment, so heavy with ego and comparison, and we're all prone to either have done it or still do. And in order to really step away from that and to not participate in that, it doesn't just contribute to the collective suffering going down, it contributes to your own suffering going down. Because ultimately, any judgment, any negativity that arises within us, it is all an energy that affects and afflicts us as much as it does the outside world that we're engaging with. So when I think about suffering and when I talk to others about suffering, I tend to make this two-word statement, and I always get a really shocked, surprised, taken-aback reaction. And what I say to people when they come to me with suffering is, nothing matters. And as you can imagine, this doesn't sit well with a lot of folks who are undergoing some of the worst pain, emotional pain, physical pain that they've ever experienced in their lives. And here I come telling them that nothing matters. And if taken the wrong way or not contextualized, it's clear how that can be seen as a dismissal of what a person is experiencing. But if we take a second to actually examine what I mean by nothing matters, hopefully you'll come to find that It is actually a truth, an eternal truth, that if we live by it, can be a great facilitator of peace in our lives. You assign meaning to everything in your life. You decide what you think of yourself by lieu of your experiences, which you have defined with meaning everything that happens to you, everything that someone has said or done to you, you have taken that information in and you have processed it in a way to draw a conclusion about yourself and your place here on earth. All of your stresses are so because you have decided that you need something and you've chosen some way as the way to fulfilling that need. So when you consider everything that agonizes you, or if we use a less harsh term, anything that affects you in a less than optimal and positive way, anything that throws you off balance, that puts you in a different state of mind, All of those things can be traced back to something that you have convinced yourself you need to be happy, content, to feel meaningful, purposeful, to have a place here, to be able to compete with others. And so one of the core ways that I like to share with people as to how you can begin diminishing your experience of suffering is to practice detachment. So what does it mean to practice true detachment? Does it mean that we just sell all of our belongings, become minimalists, rent a van and go living somewhere on a hiking trail away from everyone and everything. It can, it certainly can, and I know plenty of beautiful humans who do live in that way. But I would argue that the true test of detachment is not taking yourself out of the conflict, out of the problem area, but finding a way to innovate while still living in that area, living in that space that caused the pain, that caused the suffering. It's not needing to define yourself or others. We as human beings have this incessant need to constantly define things to understand things we don't like when we don't understand what we're dealing with because it's scary and it makes us feel as though we have to have our defenses up so we walk through our daily lives and we define everything that we see is that coffee too hot to drink is that person in a good mood or a bad mood this morning everything that we come across whether it's an inanimate object or a living, breathing, beautiful soul, we are constantly defining what we think of that thing or that person so that we can decide how we are going to react and how our definition of self fits into that experience. So if we can start to identify those moments throughout the day when you have those instant snap judgments... Of yourself, of things, people, the world around you, any resentment, any kind of emotion that arises and you notice is a way that you are actually placing some kind of meaning on something that you can't necessarily verify is the true meaning behind it. What do we actually know to be true? Very little. What we believe to be true is a different story. But what we know to be true all falls into a very small category. It's tiny, really. And even everything that fits into just the palm of your hand of what you can confidently state that you believe that these are your key truths in your life, even those things are likely to change over time. So when you practice detachment, I encourage you to first pay attention to the meaning that you're placing on the people and things in your life because those meanings tend to be very repetitive and you're going to see that you make those same judgments every single day. It, it's really habitual and the more we put our awareness on those judgments, the more we can ease up off of them. We can learn to live more seamlessly in a way that we don't have to protect ourselves from everything. Sure, it is a good idea for us to ensure that we're not consuming incredibly hot coffee in the morning so we don't burn our lips. But when it comes to people, ironically, the people are more fluid than the coffee, We shouldn't be so quick to define the things that the definition only serves our ego, but it doesn't serve truth. And so another way that we can continue to develop our detachment is by not creating stories from our scattered observations. We look at things and we don't just give them meaning, but we create stories around them. We decide that when this person said whatever they said to us, what it actually means is they've been doing this or they never liked us to begin with or they're interested in someone else or they decided to move to a different country and take on a different life path that no longer coincides with ours. It doesn't matter what example you can use. But the point is that when we interact with others, we tend to create this narrative around what we need to believe in order to feel secure. We create narratives for our own safety. So when you're driving yourself crazy and you're having these extended thoughts about why things are the way that they are and why people are the way that they are, Consider whether that narrative is simply a safety tactic that your mind is using to either keep you in ego or perhaps just to validate the identity that you have chosen and you're trying to keep up with. And those two things, of course, are have heavy overlap. Ego and identity, it all works together to create something that is far from true, but that you incorporate into your truth, that you start to live by and start confusing for the truth. Think of a moment, and I'm sure you wouldn't have to think so far back, when Something happened and you created this whole story. Someone showed up late and you had this whole story as to where they were and what happened. You know, maybe someone didn't call and you're starting to create this elaborate narrative. Whether it's to defend a lack of self-worth where you're saying to yourself, they didn't call because I wasn't, positive enough and and maybe they think I'm a negative person and they don't want to talk to me. Or maybe it's to boost your ego and defend your self-confidence where you're saying they didn't call because they're intimidated by me and they don't want to feel bad about themselves so they're taking a break from interacting with me. The ego works in many ways but what it always remains consistent with is that it tries to keep us small, and it tries to keep us safe, but not in a safe place. The ego takes safety measures to protect itself, but not to protect you, and you are far from your ego. The next way that I encourage people to practice detachment is to learn to be flexible outside of your true necessities. Ask yourself, what do you actually need to survive? What do you require, not as your high or low maintenance self, but as a human being? What are the things less tangible? Think about the things that you need to be emotionally secure, to protect your body and your mind. What are your true necessities? Do you need the six coats? Do you need to believe that the person who left you didn't love you? Do you need to believe that you've reached your max potential? Do you actually need the thoughts that you carry and walk through life with, the belongings that you take along on the journey, do you need these things for the person who you want to become? Or do you need these things simply to maintain the identity that you currently find yourself in? I want to transition away from this discussion on detachment, and I want to draw a contrast with the concept of surrender. Many people don't understand the difference between detachment and surrender. They kind of bunch it all together as though it's this one big category that If you manage to do these things, you surrender, you detach, suddenly you are a yogi and you are free and your soul is lighter and your spirit is more abundantly present, but surrender is not exactly the same as detachment. In surrender, you are allowing your detachment to guide you. So I started off by discussing detachment because it is quite difficult to surrender fully when you remain attached to so many things that are not serving you. Surrender is where the power of belief becomes so critical because what you believe is possible for you becomes the cap on your experiential potential. You cannot experience abundance beyond what you believe is for you. And so it is important to establish a practice for expanding your own beliefs and hopefully honing in on those that are actually serving you And it's not about letting yourself believe more. When I say that there is a cap on your potential that is linked to your beliefs, if you can imagine a big bottle and you have a cap on it, it is not the quantity of your beliefs that expand the bottle and make it larger but a deeper understanding that leads to the expansion of this bottle which is meant to represent your experiential potential so by developing a deeper understanding of what you do believe you get to grow the size of this bottle, the size of the potential for your experience in this lifetime. Because again, your belief and how much space your belief takes up will always be capped. And so the only way to to expand is to go deeper. And much like beliefs, if you envision this gas being trapped in a bottle, the gas cannot be seen just like your beliefs cannot. And it takes up space in the bottle the way your beliefs take up space in your life. It'll travel to every corner, every edge of that bottle because beliefs permeate our existence. They're going to dictate the entire environment of your reality. And so you have to not only get clear on what it is that you believe, but you have to go deep on those beliefs to be able to understand how they operate, to understand how they're affecting you, how maybe you need to explore them further and gain greater knowledge as to why you believe so firmly in the things that you do and how they've been affecting your life to date. And with that, it's so important to get clear on what you want in this life and and what you want this life to look like because life will happen and unless you are intentional with what is happening and what you are believing about what's happening, You become a victim to an experience that you didn't co-create, but you facilitated by not doing the deep internal work. We have to be able to understand that even when you're not actively creating, you are allowing for creation to happen because inevitably life will be lived whether it's on your terms or not. So get clear, get clear on what it is that you're attached to primarily to work on that detachment, to even be able to open yourself up to the potential for surrendering. Because again, we have to detach before we can surrender. And it's important to note that even those who are intentional, You know, people don't explore intention from two sides. They often think of being intentional as being a good thing. It's a positive thing, right? Why would we intend for anything but good to happen to us? And the truth is that some people are intentional with their suffering and they don't even know it. And that is when you're being guided by ego and identity. That is when you are not leading with your own intuitive truth. If you are just allowing yourself to fit into this society, to take what you've been told, to not explore a deeper meaning for yourself personally, To not ask the questions that have been asked for hundreds of thousands of years, but to ask them for yourself and in your own way, and to say, what does this mean to me? What do I feel is the honest answer? If you don't do those things, then you very well may be intentionally living a life of suffering. You may, in fact, be both calling it in and keeping it alive because you are so committed to misunderstanding yourself. And you may not even know it. Again, the remedy for living in oblivion to ourselves is to confront ourselves. To think about what we've done and what we're doing to explore the meaning behind all of that. Even through tragedy, when you are in your darkest, lowest of times, moments when I, I don't expect you to remember how, how purposeful the pain is. You know, everyone tells you that there's so much purpose in our pain. And I wholeheartedly believe that. However, the human in me still honors the human in everyone else and knows that when we are at our lowest is not when we are so privy to acknowledging how purposeful that pain is. But even through tragedy, you should remember, if not how purposeful the pain is that you're experiencing. You should remember how purposeful you are And never let life take you away from yourself. Because you are life too. And everything that happens is both a test and a testament to your resilience and your deservingness of being here. Sometimes I like to think of us humans as these multi-gadget soul devices. And, you know, if you imagine yourself as this device with all of these functionalities, not all of the functions were, that we are equipped for are going to get used. If you believe that we all have the same functionality, right? I've used this analogy before, but it it really is just such a potent one. If you consider yourself like, like an iPhone, if humans were iPhones and we all came packaged the same way, which is not true, but stick with me for the sake of this example. What's true in that is that our capabilities are all the same to different extents based on how we are cultivated during our time here and circumstantially and what we what work we do to bring ourselves out and above circumstance and what we do with the good circumstances that we're given as well but if we are all capable which many of you have agreed with me in conversations that we've had that we are in fact all capable of doing great things. We're all capable of being rooted in ego and maybe doing some harmful things. We all have these key capabilities. Yes, perhaps this person can acquire fluency in 25 languages and that person can play the violin like the other person can't, but we are all capable of talent, kindness, and inflicting pain and all of these other things. And if you, going back to this example of being this multi-gadget device, if all of these things are in each of us, both the joy-evoking gadgets and the sorrow-evoking ones, then they also all come with a reset button So no matter which of your buttons are being pushed at different points throughout your life, you can be certain that your human was packaged with the functionality of a reset button to get you through whatever it is that you're going through. And... I want to say this and I want you to remember this that you are always taken through things. You are taken through life. You are taken through struggle. You are taken through joy. You are not taken to it. You are not taken to the pain. You are taken through the pain. You are not taken to an experience. You are taken through an experience, and you were always meant to reach the other side. This is so important because in a world that is constantly seeking a destination, we have lost touch with the fact that life is fluid. And no matter where we're at, no matter how still we think we're standing, we are still being taken through. And that joy and that grief, it can all be snatched up and moved past, and it's intended to. Because life by definition is motion. It's movement. You are a living being, meaning so many molecules are moving inside of you. As you move the molecules, as you walk and move your body, and interact with the physical world and interact with other human beings. You are taken through life and everything that it comes with. You are not taken to it. There is no final destination. So when it comes to your suffering, I hope that you focus on detachment I hope that you are brought to a place of surrender from that work. And I hope that you always remember that nothing good or bad is final. And that life is going to continue to move beyond where you are standing right now. And not just life, but you, you are that life. You are that life that will continue to move and go on. You cannot unpair yourself from time. If time keeps ticking, then so do you. It keeps moving. And so I just hope, I hope not that you move with it because you inevitably will by your very nature, But I hope that you bring your awareness along for the ride. Because you're going somewhere, whether you're there for it or not. And I hope that you choose to be there for it. I love you guys so very much. And I hope that this session of exploration of the fundamental nature of suffering and some discussion about how we can begin to chip away at that suffering has been useful to you. As always, I encourage you to reach out to me if something resonated with you, if you'd like to continue the discussion, or if you have a question that you'd like to explore further. But please, I ask you from the bottom of my heart, if you found value in this episode, take a moment to rate and review this podcast so that it can reach other people who are in a place of deep self-exploration, so that it can reach others who may need this message or any of the messages in the previous episodes. I love and cherish you for your presence and for your support, and I will see you back here in spirit and in voice next week. Have a beautiful rest of the week.